theyeshiva.net. Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Morning, good morning. Thank you for gracing us. So we are on Daf Samach Aleph, right? On top it says, Drushim Lerish Hashanah, page 121. So if you have a family of children or a class of children, it's likely that at some point one of them will ask the question, so God created the world, and who created God? In debates often between, so to speak, atheists and believers, so-called, it was like they'll say, the believers will say, well, the world needs a creator. It's, it's intelligent design and it's so intricate and so organized. They'll say, okay, so now you're back to square one. So who created your creator? <laughs> For your creator to be so good, he also had to be organized and created. So who created your creator? So this is like the old uh, question. And the truth is children ask this a lot and often adults stumble with it. Because they don't know how to deal with it. The truth is, of course, that... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Ramah Memoir Nebuchim, yeah. Thank you. By definition, the creator of a system is outside of that system. For example, the creator of a computer is not inside the computer, running around in the computer, (laughs) moving around codes and numbers. Even the creator of a table is not inside the table. The creator of a system, any system, any object, any item, the most sophisticated and the most simple, is usually outside of it. The definition of the world is what we call today a continuum of space, time, and matter, which means there is space, which we call makayim, there's time, which we call zman, and there is matter, which is the material, the material of the universe, whatever that material is, tangible or intangible, that which we could see and that which we can't see, that which you could see with a telescope or a microscope and that which you could see with your visible eye. And all three are what called a continuum, which means they're dependent on each other. Because if you have matter, you need space. If not, where is the matter? (laughs) And if you have matter and you have space, you have time. If not, when? When is the matter? And it's all in the first Pasuk. Bereshis, bara elokim, es hashamayim, ve'es ha'aretz. Which one possible interpretation is, Bereshis is the beginning, time. Es HaShamayim, heaven, which includes everything of space. And Es HaAretz, which is matter. Matter. So it's all there, Mamish, in the first verse. And the creator, by definition, to create is not something of matter, not something of space, not something of time, and therefore can be the source for matter, for space, and for time. With this, the Rambam and many of the other Rishonim maintain that from the Jewish perspective, Zman is a nivra. Time is a created reality, just as matter is a created reality, just as space is a created reality. Makam is created and Zman is created. Darizal writes in Eitzchayim that people ask, why didn't God create the world earlier than he created it? We say the world was created five, seven, seven, nine years ago. But really the date doesn't matter. Why not a year earlier? Why not a million years earlier? Those who maintain different ages, why that age? Yeah, According to the theory of Big Bang, some, suddenly at some point there was so much pressure. Really? If this prebiotic soup, if this little nakuda was around forever, so at what point was there so much pressure? <laughs> so it wasn't around forever. At some point it was around, and then 15.3 billion years ago it plots. Why? Because it became impatient? <laughs> it was too bored? 
How long was it around to be so bored, to become impatient, to have so much pressure? Infinite? Can't be. What happened suddenly? So there was some point. What brought it at that point? What happened? So Arizal asks the question, he says, why was there a time when the world was created? Why didn't Hashem create it a million years earlier? Billion years earlier. Fifty billion years earlier. A a hundred billion years earlier. I don't know when. (laughs) And he answers, and he says, that this is an Eitz Chaim, and he says that the question is a non-starter because time is also a creation. In other words, before creation, there was no before. The very concept of before is also part of creation because time is a creation. So therefore, before the world, there was no concept of before. It's before there was a before. Right, so over there, so you ask them on all the computers over there, it's yesh miyesh. In other words, they exist already, there's matter and there's time. And then we develop within that, because we, we live in that realm. Within time. We create within Zman, right. That's true, yeah. One step deeper we learned, not only that Zman is a creation and the creator is beyond time, and therefore beyond the other properties of creation which allows him to create it, but that Zman itself is rooted, that time itself is a relative phenomenon, as he discusses in the Maimon. It begins in the concept called Ratzay Vashayv, right? Ratzay Vashayv means that the divine energy, when it wants to, when Hashem, so to speak, is Shah, Miloshin Vayisha, the hour, Shah means when the divine energy is focused, is tuned in to create and vivify the worlds, it goes through a paradoxical conflict, so to speak, which is called Ratzay and Shaif. Ratzay is the yearning to return to its source. Shuva is the recognition and the conviction that it has to return to its destination. You can't go home, you have to go back to your destination. It's that Ratzay Vashayv which is the heartbeat of the universe. Just like it's the Ratzai Vashayv, which is the heartbeat of the living organism of the human being, which we call the heartbeat, the Daifakalaif. It's also this dual identity of Ratzai and Shuf, or contraction and expansion, or going back to its source and then leaving its source and tailoring itself to the needs of the universe. Ratzai Vashayv essentially are opposites. They're completely opposites. How do we deal with opposites in our realm? In the world of finite properties and finite concepts, how do we deal with paradoxes? How do we deal with opposites? Right? So God's brilliant invention was time. (laughs) Time is the best way to deal with opposites. This happened 6 o'clock in the morning, and this happened 7 o'clock in the morning. So it's not a problem anymore. So time becomes, fascinatingly, according to the Balatanya, the manifestation, the way that paradox can be contained in a world that is allergic to paradoxes, a world that deals with finiteness. Time. This happened. You're in Australia, you're in New York. Oh, yesterday I was in Australia. And today I was in New York. How In your dream, you can be in Australia and in New York at the same time. Huh? <laughs> or in your daydream. Let's, let's put it that way. In your daydream. But uh, in, in, in the world, because we live in the place of Makaymas Mugbalim. There's, there's, there's the limits of time. There's the limits of space which work together. It, so time becomes the facilitator of paradoxes because you could say, yesterday or last year I was this age and now I'm the new age. <laughs> Even the clock itself, an hour ago was five, now it's six. So that's how Zman becomes the conduit through which paradoxes can coexist in time. That's what he says. It was a fascinating, fascinating concept. So it means essentially that the closer you go to the place where paradoxes can exist, right, 
the more you go away from the limitations of time the way we see it. And as he puts it, the more the energy devolves into more concrete worlds, the more time becomes expanded and becomes fixed until in this world where we have Zman, the way Zman exists, which is why the higher you go up in the world of Yitzira, we said, 15 years is a day. Ki elef shanem be'inecha a thousand years could be a day until you come to a point where Avar, Hoiva, and Asid are all one seminal point and they're indivisible. Literally, the whole time becomes crunched up into a seminal point. And then there's, of course, that which is completely beyond Zman. The Bairi himself, the Creator himself, was completely beyond Zman. You can have something paradoxical happening at the same moment. That's exactly the point. But the way I will capture it, if I want to capture it, unless I go crazy, is that time is the reality that becomes the conduit for paradox. Or what he puts here, Ratzoy and Shaif. Oh, this was an hour ago and this was now. Of course, for the Ein Saif, it's not an hour ago and no, now. As he puts in it from the Haftarah from Yeshaya that was actually last Shabbos, right? The whole Golos is defined as a Rega Katan, which means a small second or, I don't know, call it a millisecond or a nanosecond, really. Rega <laughs> Katan, it's Mamish Rega, not from our perspective. Not from our perspective. Mm-hmm. It's a rega, right? It was a bitter rega. But, but, but the point is that it, time itself is mamish an issue of perspective. And I elaborated in previous classes the fascinating thing how the more science and physics is stunning time, the more one, the more we're discovering that time is another dimension of everything. And it, it, it mamish changes. <laughs> it literally changes. Also right. It doesn't take it doesn't take a thousand years. Right. Right. So now let's see further inside. We're holding the, uh, the line is Elazecher Baalm. It's like 10 lines from the bottom. Samach Aleph Kalam 1. The Maimir on Mikael Kamoicha from Tashlach. Ukeshayasim Ha'adam. Elazecher Baalm. Yalav Yavay Vizichrenenu. Sheene Elazecher Baalm. Balatan Yosef brought out another point that we have to mention here. And that is that Ani Hashem Nisi, I haven't changed, as the Pasuk Malachi says, or we say in the morning, You're the same pre creation, after creation. Or we say in Vayavarach David every morning, Doesn't only mean that there is one God. What it means is that the state of pre creation is always present, it's always a question of perception. So therefore, the Lamailame Hazman, the reality that transcends time, is always present. It's just a question of how much perception there is. The deeper one perceives the truth of the universe, the more a person goes to a place where time contracts and shrinks, and a thousand years is one day, or a rega cotton, it's just a rega cotton, until a place where all of our hoiva and asid, past, present, and future become one, until a place which is Lamailame Hazman, it's Lapshat. This is some remote realm that we could maybe not even understand, but just talk about perhaps. But rather, Ato Hashem Levadecha, creation did not change that oneness, that unity. It's a question of perception as a result of the contraction and the filters and the Zman that we experience. As he puts it, that the Gemara says, the whole Elam Haba was created by a hey, the whole Elam Haza. The whole Elam Haba was created by a Yud, and the whole Elam Haza, this world was created by a hey. The whole order of time, including Mashiach and Chiyas HaMesim, is basically described as a Yud and a hey. And think in a person, 
how much space the Yud and the Hey one letter occupies in the presence of all the words that you utter throughout your life and all the words that you could utter throughout your life, never mind all the thoughts that you can have throughout. They're there. The, the Aleph and the Hey and the Yud are there. They're not, we're not saying they're non-existent. But to give them the ultimate reality, the ultimate reality is the you that transcends, transcends those words and those letters. So the Balatanya now continues. Okeshayasim. See the line is Elazecher Baalma. Okeshayasim Adam. Okeshayasim Adam Advarimeila Libre. When a person could really take these words to heart, Shekolha Oilam Hutachas Asman, the entire cosmos, the entire world, the universe, of course, the planet as well, is under time. Under time means it's in the realm of time. That's the realm with which we operate in. We operate in Zman. I don't know how to go out of Zman. It would be nice. But it's, that's the oilam. The definition of oilam is zman. We live in under the tyranny of time, right? Good luck, good luck trying to escape it. It's impossible. That itself is part of zman. Trying to escape time also takes time. Everything is time, 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 time. What do they say in America? Time is money. <laughs> that's the best way America can describe time, right? Time is money. Time is life. That's the point. The oilam is tachas zman. And the whole Zman, from the beginning, is considered by Hashem a rega, a moment, because he's beyond time. So the entire division of time exists in our presence, but in his presence. There is no division of Zman. Because even in creation, again, even in the world of creation, the deeper you go, the higher you go, Zman is contracted. I told you about experiments where they discussed that 50 years could be a day. The Tehillim says a thousand years could be a day. And you come to a point where Avar, Hoiva, and Asir are one. And then a point which is completely Lamailam and Azman. So the whole is Schalkos. The Schalkos is the division of Zman is Ein Lefonov. Vahoysa Bilibai. When a person really takes this to heart, then one's heart may become like a, 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 a flame fire, a burning fire. His heart yearns to connect with the truth, with him, with Hashem's truth, with Hashem's reality which is completely not defined by time. Vizel, and that's the meaning of the statement of the Chazal, who say both in the Medrash, Bereshis, Rab, Bereshis, and also Gemara and Psachim, Nundalit, Shuva Kadma La'ilam. Shuva precedes the universe. She'ein apir Doesn't mean literally that Shuva, before Hashem created the world, He first thought about or He created the concept of Shuva. Why? She'im ein oilam, ein avain. The whole need for tshuva is because there was corruption, distortion, which came from a world. God doesn't sin. So in Ein Oilam, if there's no world, there's no sin. You don't need tshuva. When do you need tshuva? You need tshuva if you made a mistake, if there was a transgression, if there was a violation. So now I have to say I'm sorry. What do you mean tshuva kadmalaylam? Before the world, there's no need for tshuva. The whole reason for tshuva is because there's a world. It's not like tshuva has a value outside of the world. Two people meet the first time. You say, let me do tshuva. What are you doing tshuva for? There was no problem yet. Once we're in a relationship, I hurt you, you hurt me. There's tshuva. Tshuva kadmalaylam. It's not like tshuva is an essential concept that is an ideal concept. The whole concept of tshuva is because there was a problem, because there was a breakdown in communication or in relationship or in trust. So what do the Chazal mean when they say tshuva precedes the world? Ah, oh. So the Balatanya explains the Pshat is Elo Ha'inyin The essence of tshuva is the ability of a person at every moment to go to a place that's beyond moments. To go to a place that's beyond space and beyond time. That's what tshuva means. Tshuva in its ultimate sense is kadma la'aylam. 
It's rooted in the ability to be able, with the yearning of the soul, to go to a place that's beyond the definitions of time and beyond the definitions of space. What's pshat? Tshuva is the ability to have dveikus, oneness, with him, with Hashem, with the light of infinity. Blessed be he, she'ein lefon of shum hischalkuz manklal where there's no division of time whatsoever. The whole division, the whole concept of time does not exist. Remember, time is only a dimension. Once there's Ratzoy and Shoiv, so the way it's translated into lower realities is man. And therefore, the more the dimensions expand from the brute physical to the deeper divine, the Mozman becomes condensed to the point that it becomes one seminal point. And even that, we still speak of Zman, it's just condensed. Condensed to an nth, nth degree, to an nth degree. But then there's something called beyond Zman. So when Mele says, the Dveikus in Oynein Seyv Baruch Hushayin Lefon of Shum Ischalk Zman Klal, that ability for Dveikus to go to a place that's beyond time. Shemachmas is Bainin Osazeh, Bolidei Tshuva Beklois HaNefesh. It's this very hisbainanus. It's this very contemplation that evokes this type of tshuva. Mm-hmm. Like the Pasik says in Malachi, Malachi was the last prophet of the Jewish people who lived in the times of Mordechai and Esther and the Anshe Knesset Sagdoila who rebuilt the second base, revitalized the Jewish people when they rebuilt the second base. Amikdash. The last prophet of Tanakh, you have Chagai, Scharia, and Malachi. So one of the last prophecies is he says these words. Ani Hashem Nisi, Yaakov I, God, have not changed, and you, the children of Yaakov, have not died, have not uh, expired. Literally, it's a commentary on Jewish history. I'm alive, you're alive. In other words, in order to kill out the Jewish people, God is saying you'll have to first kill God which some of the great anti-Semites of history understood actually pretty well, which was their obsession to get rid of the Jewish people. It wasn't just about a Jew. It was about what the Jew represented. So this is what the Navi says, Ani Hashem Shanisi. I haven't become old, I haven't changed. Va'atem you, Bnei Yaakov lo'i chilisam. Chilisam from the word kilion, you haven't seized, you haven't ended. Nobody ended you. They tried to end you, but nobody ended you. This is what Malachi says. The Balatanya touches kilisem deeper. The word kilisem comes from the word klois nefesh. Klois nefesh is the yearning of the soul. Like nichsefa vegam kols nefesh. My soul in Yiddish gate ice. It yearns, it pines. How can it be, huh? It's like a question, huh? A question, yeah. How could you not experience close nefesh if you will become aware that Ani Hashem Loishanisi? Of course, as he puts it before, a person has to be able to deher in the depth of his heart that Ani Hashem Loishanisi. If it's just another Torah, another Shear, that he barely understands, so it's very hard to have Kilisa. But he's saying, Ani Hashem Nisi. How are you not moved? Like, how are you not moved by this? It's like a fascinating question God is saying. <laughs> when you realize this truth, how could you not be moved? How could you not be affected? How could you not be transformed? How could you remain kalvblutik? How do you remain in your chair, cold-blooded? And... Uh, you don't leap out of your space, out of your comfort zone. You could be how? How could that happen that you're really unmoved? Okay, we'll see. Pidush she'en lechem klois hanefesh hadei sheklois hanefesh shumachmas shloish isi. Yeah, should be klois hanefesh should be because loishan is. That's the tshuva. Tshuva is. That the Loisha Nisi, which represents the truth that's beyond Zman, creates a fire and a yearning that I don't want to live in the world of Zman. I want to have the Vekus 
in that which is Lamaila Manazman, because all of Zman is one rega, it's like a moment. It's like if I ask a person, do you want to invest your whole portfolio, all your money, all your energy, all your resources in a business that's going to last for a day? <laughs> it's going to fold up after a day. All your savings, everything. It's a joke. People do it, but Nebuch. What about a business going to last for an hour? What about business going to last for a minute? What about business going to last for a second? But not only your money, your time, your energy, your space, your ego, your resources, your creativity, everything there. So everybody understands that's not going to work. But Latanya says all of history, all of Zman is one rega. <laughs> it's one rega. He says, I want to go to that which is Lamailam in Azman. I want to touch that which is beyond time. The whole Zman is one big rega, the arrow of time. Even though it's so long, it's one big, one, re- one small rega. Even though from our perception, it's not one rega. So this is what Shuva is. Shuva is Kadma La'ilam. It takes you to a place. It's the desire to go to a place that's beyond Makim and Zman. Vayidezem. But one second. But, but we live in time. So, so what is this? So you go crazy. It says, no. Through this, one brings the Lamailam in Hazman in Zman. One brings godliness into the world. And as he said, the more godliness, the deeper you go in time. Time, cons- time contracts. You bring the godliness into the world. To create a dwelling place, a dear home for him in the lower elements of reality. As the Pasuk says, You should uh, observe all my mitzvahs and do them. So the Zoyar says, Atem ksiv. Oisam is written without a vav. In a Sefer Torah, there's no vowels. So you can read it also as Oisam. You can read it as Atem. We have it in different places in Chazal when it says, for example, Mikroi koidosh ashetikru Oisam b'mayadam. Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, "Al tikru oisam ella atem, ashetikru atem, 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 atem afilu sheigin, atem afilu mezidin, atem afilu mutayin." So the Gezoya says, "Vasisem oisam is very different. Vasisem atem. Literally, it means vasisem oisam. You should do them. You should do the mitzvahs. Vasisem atem chos ksiv, atem ksiv chos ervav. Amr Razal al tikru oisam ella atem mayla lehem akosov kilu asuuni." It's like you make the mitzvah. It's like you make it, you create it. Not just you observe it, you do it. But you make it. So he, he, our response to this is bonus is that he wants us to also do Rav Sofer Shoff. We should yes. make that in Yamshif because yeah. our show. Yeah, our show. Our is the close and then mm-hmm. our show is yeah. Yamshif. Yeah. Bring down the Lamaila Menazman into Zman. Uksiv, the Pasik says in Tehillim, Kapitel Tazayin. Yudvav is Tazayin. Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid. Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid literally means, I place Hashem before me constantly. But Shehupirush Kamaya Sisi. Shivisi doesn't only mean, the word Shivisi actually means, I make it. Kamay Hoid Vahadar Teshava Alav and Tehillim Chafalav. You place on him, you make on him, hoid, glory, hadar, uh, splendor. The Pasuk says in Shmuel Bez, Vayaz David Shem, David made a name. Literally, it means he made a name for himself with all of his kindness. But the Zoya says, Vayaz David Shem means he made the shame. He made the name of Yudke Vavke, he made it. That's what he's saying. Shivisi Hashem, I make Yudke Vavke. Keilu asauni vasisim atem. What does this mean? You make the name. Which name do you, you make the name of Hashem? Shivisi Hashem lenegdi somebody. I make the name. So he starts explaining this. Olahavin zetzarich lahavin pinish l'shem yichud kishubrichu shenesiaset kaidem atfila leyachad Hashem Yudke Vavke biyichud eshlim. Before davening, and many say it before many mitzvahs, we say the famous l'shem yichud. What's the L'shem Yechot? So he said, L'shem Yechot Kuchabrichu Ushchinte. L'yachada. Shem Yutke Bivavke. B'yechud Ashlim. B'shem Kal Yisro. So it's one of those tefillahs that you say. And they say it before almost every mitzvah they do. 
or before davening, as the Nusach of the Balatanya, before Baruch Shammar, you say the L'shem Yichud. What is it really? What are you really saying? What, what, what does this mean? I'm doing this for the unity of Kutshabrichu and Shchinte to connect Yutke and Vavke Biyichud Shlim with a wholesome unity. Which of course requires also to understand what are these letters? You want to connect Yutke, Vavke, so you have to know what's Yutke and Vavke. And you're doing it for the Yichud and you want Yichud Shlim and you want it to be B'Shem called Yisrael. Yud, which is the smallest letter in the alphabet, and it looks like a seminal point, basically is like that seminal point. What if You'll see a picture of, so to speak, what the universe was supposed to look like before it exploded, before the Big Bang. You have that little, little Yud. It's an akud, like a cholent bean, a little marble, right? A little tiny little ball. It's a little nakud, it's a little seminal point. Hayud meira la The Yud represents... Ultimate contraction. Everything is contracted into one point, but everything is contracted into that. It's not a, it's not a, it's not nothing. <laughs> There's a lot there. Everything is there, but it's betzimtzum. Ki ikir hatayre vahamitzvus. Lias leidiri betachtayinim. Vechalo oilamas alyainim betachtayinim heim bizman. Because the whole Torah mitzvus, or at least much of Torah mitzvus lives in time. If you say there's no Zman, so what happens to Zman Krishma? What happens to Zman Tfila? What happens to Shachris Minchemaidev? What happens to Shabbos? What happens to Yom Tif? There's no Rish Chodesh, so there's no Rish Hashanah, so there's no Yom Kippur, so there's no Sukkot. Huh? But we're talking about Torah Mitzvahs. Torah Mitzvahs is Hashem's Ratzon, Hashem's Chachma. It's time. Mitzvahs, not all Mitzvahs have Zman Grama, but so many Mitzvahs have a Zman. They live in time. They exist. And even the mitzvahs that don't have a zman, you'll say, Hagisa boy, Yoimum Valaila. There's day and there's night. Yeah. So he says, The function of Torah mitzvahs is to create a dira. A dira is a home. For Ein Soif, we're in the lowest element of reality, which is completely under the tyranny of space time. There's space in this time. And all Torah mitzvahs relate to space and time. You speak about kilayim, for example. There's a masech kilayim of hybrid. You're dealing with space. All halachas of agriculture, Eretz Yisrael, Chotzlach, you're dealing with space. You speak about Shemitah or Shabbos or Erevin or Psachim, you're dealing with, you're always dealing either with space or with time or a person's interaction with both of them. If you go out of the world of limitation, if you go out of the world of Gvul, of Zman and Makim, there's no Torah mitzvahs. Because Torah mitzvahs, the function was meaning to make a dira for infinity within the finite universe, within the finite heart, within the finite world. Because we said even the moment is which is a paradox, zman is formed. The question is how expansive it is, or how contracted it is. But Zman is formed. It could be Elif Shonim like a day, that's true. A thou- what takes me a thousand years is really one day. Yeah? One Rega. But the moment is Briya, there's Ratzi Vishayv. The moment is Ratzi Vishayv, there's an Indian of Zman. How Zman works, that's evolved, that evolves. And again, even within our universe, Zman is completely relative. Right? The faster something goes, the slower uh, the time. <laughs> you're traveling almost with the speed of light, and your time slows down very, very significant. Very significant. It's hard to understand, but that's the truth. Zman and Makam are relative, are relative. It's another dimension of the Bria. It's literally another dimension of the Bria. It, it correlates, but does, does man, doesn't operate in the same nekudna. In other words, what's seen now as the future in a higher world is not the future, it's the present. Ezo chacham harayas hanoilad, right? Yeah? What's the present? Ezo chacham harayas hanoilad. A person could see the future. In a higher world, it's not future, it's present. That's why there's much less taivas in the higher worlds. <laughs> Most taivas, what gives them the kayach? <laughs> you don't see what's going to happen in an hour. <laughs> You eat this piece of food or you do this. If you would feel what's happening in an hour right now, it's a litzonus, there's nothing to it. 
Most taivas in the world only exist because at the moment it's very promising. In an hour you're going to regret it. In a day you're going to regret it. In six months you're for sure going to regret it. But six months, who's thinking about six months? Thinking about now. So the moment there's man, that's already connected to Bria. The problem is the whole Zman is a Rega. It's like a Rega. It's like one moment. So in order to create from Ein Soif, there should be Zman. And all of Zman, all of time is like one moment. You need scores of Tzimtzumim, of filters, of contractions, of evolutions. That there should be able to be a concept of Zman that's so real, it's so concrete, that we live in it, and we must take it very seriously. That's the Yud. The concept of all the Tzimtzum, of all the restrictions, all the contractions is that Atzmusay, the essence, which is completely beyond time, should be concealed. The Ein Soif should be, so to speak, suspended. The Yishra and the Ein Soif should dwell in Zman, in time, and in Gvul, in finiteness. And the whole Torah Mitzvah operates on that level. God says, yes, yes, yes. It has to be from 8 in the morning till 9 in the morning. And after 9 in the morning, it's over. Really? <laughs> Forget 8 to 9. From the beginning of history till the end of history is one Rega. So now you're going to tell me that this is significant? But that's the Chiddush of the Tzimtzum. The Chiddush of the Tzimtzum is that God says, I dwell within your hour. I dwell within your minute. I, from a higher perspective, you can get so cynical and call it all one big mockery, one big joke. Your space is not serious and your time is not serious. But that's the relationship that creation formed that Nesava Kodesh Baruch Hu Lius Leidira where B'tachtoidim. Tachtoinim doesn't mean in the higher elements of reality, it means in the lowest elements of reality, including the lower perceptions of reality. But that requires a tremendous tzimtzum, a tremendous transformation from Ein Soif, where all of time melts away and doesn't even exist. It's as though it doesn't exist. It's mamish like the passing of a nanosecond. Imagine you take a second, it doesn't take long for a second to pass, and imagine you take that second and you split it up into a billion pieces, yeah? And one billionth of that second, how long does that take to pass? And how serious can you take that? How seriously can you take it? It's like, even the most sensitive person, how seriously can you take it? So you could look at a whole creation and say it's less than that. Huh? Right. On the, so that's the Chiddush of the Tzimtzum, that the Ein Soiv should rest in this man, that because this is your world, this is what's called Tachtoinim, this is where I want to be, this is where I want to live. That's the Yud. Then you have the He, Shuhu is Pashtus. He is much more expansive than the Yud. And you see the picture of the He. Oirich Viroichev. It expands both in length and in breadth. The He expands in both directions. There's the He, the roof of the He the horizontal component of the hay and the vertical component of the hay on both sides. So this is the hispashtus. The yud is hispashtus. Because the yud is still, it's all contracted in this tiny, tiny little yud. But from this yud, now there becomes a whole hispashtus, a ganze Welt. Yeah. We learned in the previous Maimon from Reb Hillel about the, the Shiva de Nechemta, the whole system of the calendar with Tisha B'av and Mashiach, etc., the new idea of the Rebbe. So he says, you always start off with the Yud, which means he has to condense. If he's just going to express himself to the student, it's going to go way over his head. He has to condense it into a little tiny ball, which represents only a very contracted and filtered fragment of his knowledge. But now that Yud becomes a hay. It must be expanded and elaborated and explained. From his perspective, it's a yud, but from the student's perspective, it's not a yud. It's a beautiful sheer. It's magnificent. From the teacher's perspective, it's just a little tiny yud. It's a little nakuda. From the student's perspective, that yud becomes a hey. 
hispashtus oirich v'roich. Va'achekach vav. But then there's the vav. Remember, back to that marshal, it's actually a very good marshal. The hey must begin in the mind of the teacher. Because just condensing all your knowledge and throwing out everything you know in order to give a shear, so you're left with a little yud, because you're in a state of tzimtzum, now you have to expand it. But then there's the vav. What's a vav? Look at the vav. Vav is amshacha. Vav literally, it's like a channel. It's, 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 a, it's like a channel. It's amshacha. It's a communication of energy from a higher place to a lower place. That's what a vav is. So somebody creates a line, a line of communication, a pipe, a channel. It must come down to heaven above, to earth below, four sides, which is also connected to the Vav, not only because the shape of the Vav, but also the number of the Vav, six dimensions, east and west and south, south and north, and Maila and Mata, above and on bottom. And the six dimensions don't only exist physical, but even like everything, it begins in the spiritual realms. One dimension is love, and one dimension is awe, fire, and water. They represent the six spheres from chesed through your sight. The vav represents that alakus flows down from higher to lower. And then you have the last hay. The last hay is the way the student absorbs the expansion within his own realm. So you have the yud and the hay and the vav and the hay. The yud is the original tzimtzum. In order for infinity to be able to dwell in a world of finiteness, which requires a tremendous tzimtzum. What he puts, as he puts it here, silik atzmusa mikol The whole essence must be at least from our perspective, suspended, silek, like removed, because if it's present, there's no room for zman, for makam, for gvul. That's the yud. Then there becomes the hay, that itself now expands. Now there's the vav, which is the communication to the student, to the world. And then there's the hay, the way it's absorbed, what's called hay tata, the lower hay, the way it's absorbed by the student. In all of the evolution of all the worlds, from world to world, you'll always have four stages. Nasa, Tzimtzum, Hispashtus, Hamshache, Hispashtus. Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey. Tzimtzum, Hispashtus, Hamshacha, Hispashtus. Tzimtzum is the restriction, the complete contraction. Hamshacha, Hispashtus is expansion. Hamshacha is the flow of communication. Laham Shikh is to draw something down. And then there's the final Ispashtos. In every world, you'll have these four letters. The Yud and the He and the Vav and the He. V'lachei Nikra Oylam Iloshin Helam. That's why all the worlds have the one common name, which is Oylam. Oylam, the root of Oylam is the word Helam. Helam means concealment. Why? Shehelam v'histir atzmusa yizbar. Because it's not a detail in the world, it's the definition of the world. A name in Lashon Kodesh is not Stama name, we need a name. It's the definition. Why would you define the universe as concealment? You could say this is a place of concealment. No, it's called Oilam because that's its definition. Because the definition of the world is finiteness. The definition of the world is Space-time matter. The definition of the world is a sense of detachment. I'm on my own. That's the definition. The definition of all that is concealment. There's the helm of Atzmusay. There's the helm of the core essence of the truth, which transcends time, which transcends finiteness, which transcends space. And if that would be manifested, everything would appear as is, an expression of infinity. So, Oilam is Miloshin Helam. V'zehu tshuva kadma but there's one thing that brings us to a place that's pre-Helam. Kadmala You go before the Helam. What's that? That's what Shuvah is. Shuvah is the yearning to go to a place that's pre-Helam. Pre-Oilam. Pre-concealment. Kadmala Oilam. Okay. There's a, there's a long parent, a long bracket here, but go after the brackets. It's like, uh, I don't know, seven, eight lines after the bracket. Vizel Pirush Hayichud. That's why before mitzvah, before davening in the morning, we say, L'shem yichud, 
kutsabrichu shkinte. Liachad Hashem Yutke Bivovke. Vizal Pirish Ayichud. What's the Yichud? The Yichud is before a Jew gets up in the morning and starts davening, we have to acknowledge something. I wake up in the morning and I'm under the impression that there is a world that's detached. There's a world that's fragmented. Everything is finite. Time controls me. The past is completely beyond me. A different space has no connection to me. It's a world of fragmentation. It's a world of concealment. So the first thing the Jew does is he revolutionizes his perception of the universe. How does he revolutionize it? He says, L'shem yichud. What's going to happen now in my day is my job is to unify. My job is to create achdos. What do I want to unify? He says, after the To be able to understand that the concealment is only a matter of perception. An important perception. It's God's, God wanted that perception. It's not a mistake. We're not crazy. That's the point. means not means But my job is to make a to create fusion between the world of fragmentation and the world of harmony. To be able to reveal that the achdus after Tzimtzum and his Pashtus is the same Achtus like before Tzimtzum and his Pashtus. To use that parable of the previous Maimer that we learned is that the student and the teacher can ultimately experience fusion. There could be the ultimate alignment between the two worlds. Between the world of pre-Tzimtzum and his Pashtus and the world post-Tzimtzum and his Pashtus. You say, what do you mean fusion? This world is a post-Tzimtzum world. There's no fusion. That's the Chiddush of L'Shem Yach, L'Shem Yichot. In our world, the yichud, the unity, is not wholesome. It's not completed. It's not experienced the most complete way until Mashiach comes. Then the Pasuk says, the Navi says, Ayin ba'ayin yiru, which literally means we'll see eye to eye. What does mean we'll see eye to eye? We will see reality the way Hashem sees reality. It's like you say, I want you should see with me eye to eye, ayin ba'ayin. Your eye and my eye should perceive the same reality. Now it's not that way. My ayin perceives one reality. Your ayin perceives another reality. Then it's going to be ayin ba'ayin yiru. We're going to meet eye to eye. We'll see reality eye to eye. And the Pasuk says, V'nigla k'vayda Hashem v'rochol basar yachtav kifi Hashem dibin. V'rochol basar. Basar means the flesh. The physical, material flesh of everyone will perceive the truth of reality. Yeah, that's it. That's liyachad Hashem yutke bevavke. Yutke vavke. Yutke is the way the teacher experiences the idea with his atzimtzum and then his pashtus. Vavke is the way the lower world experiences it. Liyachad Hashem yutke bevavke is to create the fusion between the two, which is kuchabrichu, transcendence, and shchinte, which comes from the word v'shachanti, where it's contracted. In higher states of reality, even now there could be a deeper yichud. That's why we say Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. In the famous tefillah, what do we say? That, uh, what's the Lashon? What's the Lashon? Says, what does it mean? Appear with the hadar, with the splendor. Appear, appear with the splendor of with the exaltedness or the greatness of your strength. Pirush. That the Yudin and the Vavin, which represent and Vavs is the evolution of the Hamshacha. So they should become luminescent, they should become channels 
of the alien of Ein Soif. Not to nullify the Yud and the He. If you nullify them, there's no world anymore. They should become Hamshachas, channels for the Ein Soif. Even down here, V'yeda kol pol kiatapalti, the koyal kol abruyim. The end of the tefillah proves it. Means a Jew is not satisfied that he and his community will know the ain't so. That's not what we daven Rosh Hashanah. A Jew should get up Rosh Hashanah and daven for himself, his family. Nachas from the kinder. No, v'yeda kol pol Who's kol pol? Kol is it's negeya for him that the Eskimos in, in Alaska or somebody on the tip of China, and that's even people, the Yedekal is every created being should their hair, should, should know the emes. Shahakal yedu ki Like we say in Aleinu, that there's really nothing outside of oneness, of achdus. Everything is part of Ainsaif. That's negeya to him. Shazala asid love. This is what we say by Aleinu, right? Yakiru v'yedu kol yoshvei sevel. Shekol kach yoyer v'yizgala erein soif baruchu. So much will the ein soif be manifested. Atriyei nitfiz gamken b'seichel anushi umusig b'hasaga gashmas. That seichel anushi, human intellect, which grasps what we usually grasp, what will it grasp? It will be teifiz, the truth of infinity. Umusig b'hasaga gashmas. It will be comprehended like we understand something physical. Just like you can understand and see something physical, the Ein Soif will be intuitive, not counterintuitive. Mashenkim is man Soif, Ella nefesh Ella Hashem. Where before that time, there's also Ein Soif, but where is it revealed? It's revealed in the godly soul of Oivde Hashem. The godly soul of Oivde Hashem means that always remember, the concept of Mashiach is a concept always. It's a certain reality, it's a certain perspective. But in the nefesh alakis of the Oivet Hashem, that's where it's experienced. In the godly soul of the one who's an Oivet Hashem, the one who serves Hashem, he or she lives in this reality. That's not the Chiddush of Mashiach. The Chiddush of Mashiach is the kol pol kiyatapalt. It will be the intuitive experience of the body, of the physicality. Within the physicality, within the seichel anushi, and therefore every nivra, va'av gamzoyis, and today even that which the oved Hashem does experience, ain't b'mchinas hasaga, el b'mchinas emuna she yerushamayavus. Still not with a full hasaga, more concept of emuna or inheritance from the avos. A Jew has a connection, a relationship. Still not fully comprehended. The Navi says they're going to go into caves and to clefts and to tunnels from the awe, from the fear of Hashem and from the splendor of His, of His greatness. The presence will be so powerful. The Yudin and the Vavin that we spoke about, will be revealed. And Bemela after the brackets, it's not that there's going to be a, a fear, some conceptual thing. He says, the Gashmi Mamish, the physical reality Mamish will experience this war from this Mara Hagodl, from this great observation, from this great Mara that every Bosar will see and comprehend the reality of a Lakim in the physical earth with the human physical brain and mind. In other words, it's going to be as real as anything physical and brute. Why? Because now the Gashmias of Adam and Oilam is master. It eclipses, but the physicality of the world and the human being will not eclipse in any way. The Eir Hashem, that's the full Dira B'tachtoinim, 
where the Ein Soif becomes manifested within the world of Zman, within the world of Mokim, even in the lowest place of Gashmi. Zviyeda Kolpol Kiyata Palta. That won't be there of Lachton. At that point, it won't be Tachton in the sense of Tachtonim, meaning the, the Rosh Hashanah and the Sada of Tachtonim, where there's Helen, because there won't be Helen. So that's a good question. You want to know what's going to make it Tachtonim? <laughs> it's going to be Elyonim. Right, but the Chiddush is that it's much deeper than before creation. Before creation, there was no finiteness. Here the Chiddush is that it's going to be, as he puts it, through the Yudin and through the Vavim, meaning through those very vehicles that were eclipsing the truth, they themselves become the vehicles of revelation. So that's a whole different Chiddush. You understand what I'm saying? It's not that those vehicles are going to be nullified. Within the time and within the space and within the finiteness, it's like the muscle of the teacher and the student that the muscle itself becomes the vehicle of revelation. At one point, the muscle was a vehicle of concealment. And then, after 40 years, the mar- we learned in the Maim of Yadaita, the muscle itself becomes the vehicle of revelation. Because really, it's just a muscle. Really, the Gashmi is not a vehicle of concealment. It's just a muscle. In other words, when I look at Zman, what do I see? I just see time, it just goes and goes, and it's brutal and it's endless. When the truth will be revealed, you will see that the Zman itself is just a manifestation of a certain language of divinity being expressed. The language of Ratzoy, the language of Shoiv. So in the ultimate unity, it's the fusion, it's not the obliteration of one realm. Ah. Uh, there won't be a different type of time. That's the Vart. The Vart is, there'll be the unity. The unity. You'll be able to see in the, in the very reality of what we experience today, what it really is. In other words, it's not a different world. Right. It's, it's, it's not a different world. It's the same world. That's the Vart. That's the Vart that you Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's a perspective, yeah. Geula is the Aleph and the Goyla, right? It's the same Nakoda. Huh? The Shemot that you had said in terms of why there's no Schar Vaonish, why the Torah does tell us Schar Vaonish. But what we see is the Schar Vaonish. Yeah, the, the, the Shalah, yeah. The Shalah, yeah. The Shalah, yeah. It's Nista, yeah. That's what it is. You're reading the Torah wrong. You hear a hand, so you see a hand. It's not your, that's what you see. So does that be part of the spirit the godly particles will be revealed. Transformation. It's a beautiful question. So in Torah Ur, the Balatanya writes in Parshish Mishpatim that the Gemara was written in Aramaic because that's part of the beard of the world. In other words, Lashon Kodesh represents the language which is the divine language with which the world was created. Right? Other languages don't capture that same reality. Yeah, after the Der Haflaga, there was a split of all the nations. Uh, they're rooted in it. Uh, you're saying they come from there. Right. Right, right. Right. So he says, when we speak... In Gemara, the other languages, it's Mavar, those languages. The languages of those nations with which they spoke, also, they all have sparks, holy sparks. So it brings it all back to the source. That's why already in Chumash itself, you have words that are not Mamish Lashon Kodesh, like Toitofais, Yigar Sahadusa. There's different words. It says that Yaakov called it Galed, and Lovan called it Yigar Sahadusa. Or Taitofais by Tfilin Rashi says comes from Afriki. Taitofais is Tat Pas. Says already in Chumash itself. So one of the ideas is that it elevates the languages of the whole world.
part of this. Or to put it differently, speaking about the terms of language, you have to speak to everybody in their language, right? If you speak in your language, you're not going to connect. So we speak the language of the world. We don't only speak the language of Lashon Kaidish. You speak the language of the world in order to lift up the world. If I'm going to a particular person, I don't speak his language, I'm not going to help him. The computer has to understand it. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.